Good morning, Pastor Brown with you once again. Here to uh, finish up this uh, area on the rich young ruler. If you caught the first part, um, this is the second part on the rich young ruler. And it's really the ending. And what I want to be able to do is look at the rich young ruler. Why did he go away sad? And then the difference between him and the disciples. And what the disciples were able to receive differently than what the rich young ruler basically received. And I just want to see if we can uh, dig into this just a little bit more and uh, bring it to its closing. So let's pray and let's see what the Lord's going to share with us. Father, we thank you and praise you for your loving kindness. And we thank you, Lord, that as we continue to dig into your word, that you do give us answers for all the questions that you allow us, O oh God, to ask are discovered within your word. And would you allow your word to be sufficient for us? Would you allow your word to satisfy our minds and our hearts and that we might truly grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Help us to see that Jesus dealt with real people, people who are just like us. And we can see ourselves in many of the situations that we see others in. But Lord, as you said of the Old Testament that it was written for our learning, may we apply that, Lord, through your whole word, through the total scriptures that is for our learning. So we ask that you would speak through your Holy Spirit that we might learn and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And Matthew 19 and the rich young ruler, um, just to recap just a little bit for you, that this young man comes to Jesus, but he comes with this question, what must I do to get eternal life? What must I do? That's his question. He has done all the commandments in a sense. He's been an obedient individual per se from what we hear from the scriptures. He's kept the laws of God. He's done all this. But yet in himself he still senses a lack. He knows he's not saved. He knows he's not on his way to heaven. He knows that he doesn't have eternal life, and yet that is what he's seeking, but then he misses it. And we have to ask the reason why. Why does he miss it and the disciples gain it? Now, we know he was wealthy, but it was not about his wealth. It was more about his lifestyle, as I said previously. His wealth provided him a certain lifestyle. That's what he did not want to give up. He did not want to give up his certain lifestyle. 
and that's many of us. We don't want to lose the lifestyle that we have become comfortable with. And sometimes God will shake that. If I decide to follow him, he's going to make some changes. And the question is, are we willing to accept it? Now, understand this certain principle, too. The scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. That when we're working with God, it's by faith. And with faith, there's something that always has to accompany it. That we find that goes along with it. And that is patience. Why? God's never in a hurry. You and I may want something done quickly. But God is never in a hurry. And therefore, it's incumbent upon us to develop patience. And that's one of the attributes or Virtues that God wants us to develop. Patience. But we want things done very quickly. And this rich young ruler wanted the answer to his question very quickly. He did not receive that answer in the manner in which he so desired. Jesus told him in verse 21 to go sell his possessions, give them to the poor, then come follow him. And the last one is the real issue, come follow me. And when we decide to follow Jesus, we may not know what all is going to take place. But one thing is certain about this rich young ruler. He did not want to give up the lifestyle that his wealth had afforded him. And therefore, he was not willing to follow Jesus. When we get down into verse 25 of chapter 19, we discover that the disciples had been eavesdropping or hearing or listening in on this conversation. And he says in verse 25, when the disciples heard this, when they heard this discussion between Jesus and the young man, their question was, well, then who could be saved? But I want you to recognize something. They had made the choice to follow Jesus. They had left their occupations. They had left their daily work, in a sense. They had left their means of being able to uh, provide for themselves and their family. And now they are totally, in one sense, dependent upon Jesus. We don't have the whole story here about all that took place, how they provided for themselves, how Jesus provided for himself. They had money saved up that they could make this decision. We, we don't 
have all them little pieces. What we do know that they are the ones in 27 that says, we have left everything. We have left everything. Well, that's all that Jesus was asking of the rich young ruler. To leave his lifestyle, leave his wealth, leave what he'd been, de been dependent upon, and now become dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what God asked all of us to do, in a sense. To leave what we have been dependent upon and become dependent upon him. To trust him. And those are some hard decisions. But they only come as God brings them into our life. And as he is setting a path for our life. The first decision that has to be made by believers and by those who will accept the Lord Jesus Christ is simply this. Will I follow him? Will I follow him? And that's why he says, come follow me. And as we looked at over Mark 1 was that uh, the question was no different than with the other disciples that Jesus said, come follow me, come follow me. But there's a question that the rich young ruler did not ask, that the disciples did ask. The rich young ruler just asked, how can I get eternal life? He never asked what he might have to give up, what might have to be changed. He never explored those questions. He heard things from Jesus that he didn't care about hearing. He, he, he didn't want to hear those things. But Jesus told him what needed to take place, but he was not willing to accept that and then come follow him. He didn't ask, okay, if I do this, What's in it for me? Uh, if I do this, would I have eternal life? If I do this, would I have an entrance into heaven? If I do this, would I have a relationship with the Father? If I do this, he never asked if he was to do the things that Jesus asked him to do. How would it benefit him? And that's not a bad question. And you have the freedom to ask that question. To ask God, Lord, if I decide to follow you, how is that going to bless my life? How is that going to benefit my life? You have that right to ask that question. And God will answer it. How do I know he, he will answer it? When the disciples asked the question, what's in it for us? He answered them. He answered them. Even to the point that he answered 
with the knowledge that the young rich man wanted to know about, but never heard from Jesus, that he could receive eternal life, that he could inherit eternal life if he made the decision to follow Jesus. He could inherit it. He couldn't work for it, in a sense, where he would gain it. He couldn't buy it. But if he made the decision to follow Jesus, he could get eternal life. So, in that verse 27 of Matthew 19, Peter answered him, we have left everything to follow you. To do what? To follow you. That's a decision they made. What then will there be for us? Very simple. What's in it for us? If we follow you, what's in it for us? And Jesus answers that. And what we're going to try to do is answer why did the disciples go a step further and why the young man didn't? And it says in verse 28, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. He says, at the renewal. It's not until you get over into Revelations 21 that you read about a new heaven and a new earth and things being renewed. So he wasn't talking about a, an immediate reward per se. But he does tell them, in the future, you will sit on thrones and you will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Now that's to those 12. And when we go back to Revelations chapter 21, you're going to discover an area of authority that they do possess and they do hold that was promised to them. And what I want to do is, in 21, pick up in verse 12 with me. Let me see if I can get there now with these eyes. Oh, 15, 12. He's, he says... It had a great high wall. He talked talking about the renewal of Jerusalem. And if you catch the title uh, beforehand for chapter 21, it's the new Jerusalem. And it said it has a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gate. On the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. 
there were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations. Catch this now. The wall of the city had twelve foundations. And on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And on them were the names of the twelve apostles. Now, he has promised them high position authority in the future. Revelation 21 allows us to see that he fulfills that. They become what is considered the foundation of this whole thing of what we call Christianity along with Jesus Christ. Some translations will say the pillars. And their names are on the pillars. And we all know what pillars do. They hold something else up. And he continues and he says, I tell you the truth at the renewal. That's some time off. Now, two things have to take place here in the life of these disciples that did not take place with the young man. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. I want you to catch two things that has to take place in our life. To see God work and to have him answer our questions. Two things have to be part of our lives. The young man went away sad. Romans tells us in Romans 12 that God has given unto every man, not just Christians, to every human being. He's given a certain measure of faith. That's the beginning point. That's the beginning point. To exercise that faith to believe God. God has given you a measure of faith. So no one is without excuse when it comes to saying, I don't have faith. Yes, you do, because God has already said he's given you a measure of faith to believe him. Now, Peter explains that faith is something in which you build upon. It's going to be a growing faith, but it's a starting point. It's where you start. But in 6.12, Hebrews chapter 6, in verse 12, I want you to gather this because it's important. He says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through, now who through faith and patience, listen to that, those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Inherit what has 
been promised. You inherit what has been promised to you by faith and patience. The disciples demonstrated patience. They are learning about the Lord. They chose to follow him. Now there's three years of learning. This young man wants eternal life with no learning, no understanding about it or about the one who gives it. And many of us, we want salvation and eternal life with no understanding about Jesus or what he may teach us. We don't want to learn. There are many Christians who do not want to learn. And they say they are Christians, but there's really no love for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no desire to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. They may not have ever really activated that measure of faith that God has given to them. And that's one of the reasons they may go away sad. Living lives that are miserable. This young man, he's the one who made the decision to go away sad. I would have to ask the question, why would you even first come to Jesus? You could have went to the Pharisees. You could have went to one of the Sadducees. You could have went and spoke with some other so-called spiritual person. Why did he come to Jesus? There's something he had heard about Jesus. Something he had seen. Something that was emulating through Jesus. That, But there was something that drew him to Jesus. You may ask the person that who go see the doctor. Well, we know the sickness is what drives us to the doctor. And we can go to the doctor, but if we go to the doctor and he prescribes this, this, or that for us, and we leave him and don't do it, what was the reason for going to the doctor in the first place? You won't know if the doctor's right in his prescription and in the medication that he's prescribing you until you take it. And when we take medication, we're really taking a step of faith, believing and hoping that it's going to work on our behalf. And what Jesus said to this young man, follow me, he wouldn't take it. He would not go to see what benefits might be there if he did follow Jesus. He didn't do that. 
So with the disciples, they exercise faith and patience in order to inherit eternal life. And you're going to have to exercise faith and patience. Oh, God's going to work in your life. But you're going to have to be patient. The changes may not come quick as you may like them to come. And that's where patience come in. Let me illustrate this if I can. If a young lady or young man will pray and ask God for a suitable mate, God will answer that prayer. Now, you have every right to go out and pick and choose whatever you want. But God has told us we can ask him anything within these bounds, within the guidelines of Scripture. And one of them, if God's will is that I do not be unequally yoked, that means that he has somebody out there that I can connect with and we will be able to communicate and share life together in marriage. And God will bring us together. It's amazing how that works. And we can ask him for that. We can ask God for a better job. But it's going to take some preparation. It's going to take some time of learning. It's going to take some time of you making some changes in your life for that job that you so desire to have. It's like a young man going up to an individual and said, I'd like to be able to sit in your chair. The question is, are you willing to go through what he went through to have the privilege to sit in the chair in which he sits? Oftentimes we want to make the money. We want to have the home. We want to have the car. We want to dress like this. and We want to be able to do that. And we want a position. And we want a title. And the question is simply this. Are you willing to go through what it will take to gain that? And in gaining eternal life, you have to be willing and you have to desire to follow Jesus. Stay with me a little bit here now. Because I want you to understand, yes, we have to wait upon the Lord. Yes, we have to exercise faith and patience that we might inherit all that God has promised unto us. So he says to them, yes, uh, with the renewal, you will sit on thrones. But then he comes down into 29 and now he's going to talk to us in this present day and everybody after those 12 disciples. He says, And everyone who has left house or brother or sister, father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much. You're not going to lose anything by following Christ. That's, that's what it's really saying to us. You're not going to lose. Following Christ 
does not mean you're going to lose. And as a lot of people say, I got to give up. Oftentimes, in order to go forward in life, you got to let go of something. In order to gain something, you often have to give up something. You have to make a sacrifice. You have to give up this in order to gain this over here. Uh, the whole process is that give and take thing that is there. That yes, in order for you to move ahead in the things of the Lord, you're going to have to give up things of this world. You're going to have to give up, but you're going to gain. You're going to benefit. You're going to be blessed by it. It's going to enrich your life. He says a hundred times as much. Whatever you have presently and you let go of, God somehow is going to enrich that. A man goes to work that he may live life comfortably. He may provide for his family. He may help educate his family. Uh, and that he has a sense of security. The difference of really following Jesus is simply this. He becomes your security. Jesus becomes your provider. I am saved and I know that. I know I have eternal salvation. Eternal life. I know I'm going to heaven. You say, well, you're just talking about, no, I know that. Why? Because he said, I would be where he is. And wherever Jesus is, that's where I'm going to be. And my life has been a very rich, wealthy life. Not so much in money. But in love, in peace, in joy, in comfort in times of sickness, there have been things that have been given to me that money could not have purchased. A wonderful wife, wonderful children, a wonderful place to even go to work wonderful people around me. And God brought people into my life, but he also took people out of my life. It's that give and take as we follow the Lord. And he said to those who will follow him and make that commitment, that you will receive a hundred times as much. Now, this is the part that we left off in the last message. He says, and will inherit eternal life. Now, he tells that to his disciples. If they continue to follow him and walk with him and believe him and trust him, not only will they receive a hundred times as much as what they left, but they will also inherit eternal life. And it's important that word inherit indicates something to us that you didn't work for this. 
This is something that is just given to you. You didn't labor for it. You didn't do anything for it. Somebody remembered you in their will and you were able to inherit what they labored for, what they worked for, what they put up. And sometimes people will inherit things and never even have no idea that they were left in somebody's will. And he says, you will, you will inherit eternal life. The rich young ruler didn't wait around, nor did he ask enough questions to discover that if he followed the Lord Jesus Christ and he exercised patience and he exercised faith and stayed with the Lord, he would inherit eternal life. You and I, if we stay with the Lord, you're going to inherit eternal life. You have eternal life. You are saved and you are being saved and one day it will be complete when you see Jesus face to face. And he says you will inherit eternal life. What was missing in the young man? His refusal to have faith in Jesus. His refusal to be patient as he would learn. And somewhere in the learning process, even with the disciples, Jesus, when he first called them, mentioned nothing about eternal life. He just asked him to come and follow him. Scripture says they left their boats, they left their nets. Matthew left his tax, Levi left his tax booth. They left what they were doing and followed the Lord. And now upon hearing this conversation between this rich young man and Jesus, they pose the question also, what's in this for us? We've left everything. And some of you out there might be asking that same question because oftentimes what is stated about Christianity is all what you can't do. I want to challenge you. It's not about what you can't do. It's about what you're going to find a freedom to do. And that you will fall in love doing what the Lord Jesus Christ asked of you to do. Because in doing what he asked you to do, you become a fellow yokeman or a fellow worker with him. But you're able to have a front row seat seeing him work not only in your life and work through your life, but in the life of others. 
And he simply says, come follow me. And I want to challenge you. Make the decision to follow him. Inherit all that God has stored up for you as his child. And the most valuable thing you will discover that you've inherited is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Yes, you can make the same decision that the rich young ruler made. Not to follow him. And I guarantee you, you will live a sad life, a miserable life. Yes, you may be comfortable in your sadness. You may have all kinds of possessions around you and you're still sad. You may have wealth where you can buy servants and have people wait on you. But there's something lacking in here. And the young man went away, not ever fulfilling what was lacking in him. And that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you have Jesus Christ, the scripture tells us, he's more than sufficient. He's more than sufficient. You will discover there's no more lack in here. You will discover a desire to really grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gives you eternal life because you made the decision to follow him. And the very last verse, verse 30, but many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. I like to say it in this sense. The disciples may have been first, but those who are accepting Christ today, they're not last. They're first. I like to put the word first as the winner in a sense. God makes us all feel like winners. We're all first. There's no second or third child in the family of God. We're all first. We're all first. We're there. And the rich young ruler missed out on so much because he was not willing to exercise faith and patience and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you exercise your faith? It's not big faith. It's not large faith. You may only have the faith at the size of a mustard seed. And you may even have to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to have faith to believe in you. See what he does. Lord, help me in my unbelief. 
and allow him to do it. If you don't ask, you don't commit to following, you'll never know. And God has given you the freedom to ask him. Because he wants a relationship with all of us. He won't force it. But would you seriously sit and talk with the Lord? Would you seriously ask him to reveal himself to you? Exercise your faith. Exercise your patience. Wait upon the Lord, the scripture says. And he will answer. Thank you for giving me this time. I think it's an important time because it's such an important question. How do I get eternal life? And eternal life is only found in a person named Jesus Christ. And it's only gained or given to one who chooses to follow Jesus. Father, thank you and praise you for this time again. Would you minister to us and to those who might hear the message? And Lord, help us to understand that we are a people who walk by faith and not by sight. We are a people who are seeking understanding and wisdom from a God on high. And we pray, Father, that you would grant us such wisdom and understanding and knowledge of yourself that we might sense a security that we've never known before. And that, Lord, in this life, we will know how to live an abundant life through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us, O oh God. Show us the benefits of what it is of walking with you, living for you, doing life your way. Minister to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. May you have a wonderful day today. And uh, this finishes up that little section of the rich young man. But that section of eternal life. Why the disciples were told they will inherit eternal life. But the rich young ruler missed it. Ask yourself why. God bless. Bye.